Hello and welcome back to Ends With Z. I'm Juan Fernandez, along with Cecile Munoz. Hello, Cecile. How are you doing today? Hi, Juan. I am great. My sisters are visiting, so I, I am that. in a really happy mood and glad that they're here. And uh, they're going to be peeking in and, and listening into the podcast, so that's going to be exciting and interesting for us as well. But we're really happy to be covering a subject that is, I think, important to us, mm-hmm. which is tailing off of the last podcast we did on resilience which is something that has emerged out of all of us and some of us are still working through how to be more resilient to overcome all the things that we've had to overcome with a pandemic and what we're going to focus today on is one of the positive things which Mm -hmm. is people starting their own businesses people looking to improve their lives and and people have done that in Mm record-setting numbers in 2021 and 2020. That's right while the pandemic has been such a struggle for so many others have really jump-started a new career in fact uh, we understand 4.3 million businesses just last year alone, this yes. is according to the Census Bureau, so these are official numbers, mm-hmm. uh, got started. So these are people who decided they were going to take a chance. And a lot of those businesses are flourishing. I did see a number, though, that said about 20% of mm-hmm. startups uh, eventually fail, but that means 80% are Still going. Correct. And that's true of any business, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm, right. I'm not uh, sure on, on the actual stat for all of businesses, but that's true of life. Most things uh, that people start don't ultimately have success. If that was mm-hmm. the case, there would be no such thing as divorce. Uh, so things that uh, uh, start sometimes don't end up where we wanted them to. But what we're seeing now uh, is an interesting trend is people as a whole are willing to take risks. They're, they're mm-hmm. focusing on themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that was also born out of the time alone, the time at home, the time um, sheltering in place. Uh, people saying, you know, I, I really have reflected on what I want my life to be and, and I want to be in charge of my life. I want to do things that matter to me. And, and many of them changed their careers. They left their jobs, started new jobs. And we're going to talk about entrepreneurs and as we know, I happen to be an That's entrepreneur right. for many years, and we have Sean Mo, our executive producer, who's joining us. Who mm-hmm. he is also a serial entrepreneur as well. Hi, oh. Sean. Hello, Juan Cecile. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Today. Sean, you know you have your your arms in, in a lot of different businesses. You do a lot of things. Definitely a Renaissance man. And for you sure. started way before the pandemic, way before technology and home confinement. And I don't think uh, any of us have a lot of extra spare time. But um, you got started way back when. Well, I started in early, maybe 2008, mm-hmm. just as a side hustle. Um, I wanted to redo my apartment. I was thinking about moving, first mm-hmm. of all, mm-hmm. and I started looking at what was available and realized I have a pretty good space here. Let's just redo it and remodel it and make it look like a new space. Mm-hmm. So I did that and re-upholstered a bunch of furniture, found a lot of great things, and a lot of my friends commented on how much they liked it and asked me to help them with their projects. So you became a stylist almost um, out of your own desire to make your place look nicer, right? Yes, a stylist, kind of ad hoc interior designer, Mm -hmm. untrained, Uh self-trained, I guess is a better way to say it. Anyone who's been to my house and comments on how nice my house looks is all because of you, Sean. That's oh, right. I was you. one of your that's earlier true. clients, longtime friend, but one of your earlier clients. And and that's one of the, I think, the key lessons that of many um, mm-hmm. bits of, of inside information we want to share during this podcast is um, what we've learned uh, as entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. how we followed our heart and the mistakes that we've made and what we need to do to stay resilient. And one of the interesting points that you raised, Sean, of when you started your 
your uh, business, it was right out of the the recession, the right. crash, right. which historically at at the at the at the mm-hmm. be- beginning of the, of a recession and coming out of it or a great disruption like the pandemic businesses are born new ideas the last one we saw things like uber and uh-huh. airbnb that really drastically changed the way we think about business and service and b2c business to consumer which of course had a, a huge impact during the pandemic oh, yes. and continued to help mm-hmm. people and that has been an entry wave uh, to to people uh, starting businesses, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot that. Um, I'm thinking for reminding me of <laughs> yes. the time frame that yes, that was after that that crash, and at the time I was working for a production company and my hours had, were reduced, mm-hmm. so this was a way for me to supplement my income um, and use those the free time that I had to be more productive. Were you ever afraid, Sean, that it, it may not work or? Well, I did it in conjunction with having another job, which Mm -hmm. is also, I think, key to starting a a new venture. Um, So I I was nervous, but I knew I had a source of income, so I had something to fall back on. So that's a really important point to make, is that if you're thinking about starting a business, you... One of the key pieces that you have to do is, first and foremost, identify what you're really great at, what you love, what you're passionate about, and then determine, can this be financially viable? Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, I love singing, but nobody's going to pay to come <laughs> and hear me sing, not even my family. So you have to make sure that it's something that could be monetized, right. monetarily valuable to you. But the other is you have to either have savings put aside. Mm-hmm. You have to be financially able to weather the time that is going to take you to be successful, to start generating money from your business, to be able to support yourself and, and your family. And another way of doing it, in which a lot of people did during the pandemic, is create, as you call it, a, a side hustle. Right. Side hustles, yeah. Yeah, it's it's become more and more commonplace, especially with the younger generation today. Um, I think it's very accessible. There's, um, because of the internet and and how everything is digitized today, mm-hmm. you can really start something with a very low cost and not a whole lot of time. Yeah, I remember this was in twenty, probably twenty ten or twenty twelve, um, when I needed to redo my my business logo. I wanted to redo my business logo. I started my business originally back in 1992 so a really long time ago wow. <laughs> a really long time ago and so i remember i was redoing my cards and that's back i remember what i paid who rightfully deserved being paid what he was paid to redesign my cards in print right paper and and letterhead and brochures Envelopes, yeah. forty thousand oh, dollars wow to pay for to pay for the design and the production and the paper and the cards we don't use any of yeah. that now. And that right. was pre-internet, right? Correct. So now yes. you would just launch a website. You'd have all your information there, and the cost would be definitely streamlined. But you had to get your business out You're there, right. Which... It was probably before then. I probably did that the second time around. Uh, we did my, my logo was probably 2000 or 1999. So it was mm-hmm. right at the cusp. Mm-hmm. Now, I think the last time we printed business cards, Sean, was probably 2015, 2014. And we still have them when we I never had send one them. I in the longest right. time I haven't had a business So card, from a yeah. cost perspective, that back then when you started a business, that was something you had to, to think about. Well, Cecile, I'm sure a lot of things have changed from when you... <laughs> I mean, no, not trying to... You know, I'm sure a lot of yeah. things have yes. drastically changed from when you started your business way back then oh, to, yeah. to now and the ease of how it 
Yeah, one can start a business these days. Uh, well, you have to work the phone, right? Of course. Well, first of all, the mindset has changed. Oh yes, the mindset has completely changed. I remember when I first started my business. Um, because I deal in the financial markets and I was West Coast based already. I deal with investment firms. I remember being told, well, when are you going to get serious, Cecile, and open up an office in New York? Just the Mm. mere fact that I was in Los Angeles. That's number one. Number two, I was very often asked, because my name is Cecile Munoz, Uh if Munoz was my husband's name, if my, my husband was Hispanic, because they couldn't reconcile that. I was, I think for a while, the the only... Hispanic-owned executive search firm in financial services. Oh wow! And I was, we I was already a minority because I was a woman-owned business in mm-hmm. financial services, in executive search uh-huh. and consulting. And then to add the Hispanic part to that was even more dramatic. Right to, to people but that didn't slow you down. I mean, that didn't stop you, right? Well, no, uh, because it goes to another piece of advice we want to share. Another. Uh, item that you have to really think about mm-hmm. another box that you have to check and that is you have to have the right mindset and you have right. to be relentless in your conviction that this is what you're going to do and you're going to be great at mm-hmm. irrespective mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. significant your success is not you have to really believe in the value of what you have to give what whatever that is whether it's you're selling ice cream or you're selling consulting services or you're selling t-shirts. you have to believe in it you have to believe yeah. in it uh-huh. you have to you have to dedicate yourself and you have to have the mindset of if if i fail or when i make a mistake i will have the strength to overcome it i will surround myself that, with people that can help mm-hmm. me think through this mm-hmm. and i will figure it out and bring your best intention every day sean if you remember you asked me before you started your business you asked me for some my advice uh-huh. oh yeah and I remember, and I was honored that you did that, and I remember one of the things that I told you was expect that the majority of your day you're going to do the, the, and I think I said the shit that you don't like doing that has nothing <laughs> to do with what you love to do, but that's what it takes to run a business. And no truer words for everything. <laughs> it's so true. You know, the thing yeah. that you love the most about what you want to do as an entrepreneur is not what you spend most of your time doing. Mm-hmm. It's all of the stuff to support that that takes most of the effort and the time. Until you get to a scale where right. you can have the employees in the infrastructure right. below. The, the second thing that I told them was expect, have the strength within yourself, the conviction in yourself, the belief in yourself and people around you mm-hmm. that will help you walk yourself off of that ledge at least once a month because at least once a month mm-hmm. you're going to feel like you're going to say the hell with this you know uh-huh. the pressure of it is going to get to you but you have to know that you can bring yourself off that ledge and keep going this something is that you guys were just talking about that I thought when I was reading this article yesterday was um the top um seven ways to ensure that your business succeeds right the top 3 mm-hmm. we talked about it right now is have a plan mm-hmm. right Sean had a plan you had a plan don't be married to your plan. Mm-hmm. Sean was saying, you know, you had to be a little bit flexible. Adapt. And the third one, um, when you said, Sean, that you asked Cecile for some advice is keep your ego in check, listen to others, have mentors, have someone you can bounce some ideas about. Mm-hmm. Those are the top three. That could get you so far because the fourth one is just keep track of everything. So yes. your business is already running at that point. Yes. So fantastic. Yes. And it's and that's what we talk about in this podcast all the time is you have to create a community. You have to create a right. community to build resilience. That's to what we're sur- doing here, right? Yeah, to survive the 
the difficult things in life. You have to build a community to help you when you're building a business or you're struggling through certain things in life. And this is how you build another layer of your community, be they mentors or sponsors. Uh And I'm not talking about from a networking perspective. Mm -hmm. Have person A introduce you to person B to get a contract. I'm talking people whose opinion you trust, who you know that truly care about you, who will sit there and listen and support you when things get rough. It's important. And then there's other stories. I mentioned this last time to you uh, privately, these happy uh, mistakes or these happy Mm -hmm. surprises that happen. I I bumped into this one video of this guy on YouTube and he was explaining how he started his sticker business in the (laughs) pandemic Mm -hmm. and it started off as something slow. He invested in one of those cricket machines. It's a a printing machine, Uh right? You're familiar with that. Mm -hmm. And that was his biggest expenditure. And then he started selling stickers on Etsy. Well, he was showing people how the first month he sold 50 stickers and 11 months in, he was selling thousands of stickers. Wow. And everybody wanted to find out, hey, how'd you do this? So then he started a YouTube page to teach people how to start your own business on Mm -hmm. Etsy. So here's somebody who was doing something totally different. Uh Now he's his own business owner and he's teaching other people how to do it. And it came out of nowhere. And he surprised himself. Well, because the cost of entry to business now is so low low. compared to when I started Mm -hmm. my business. When I started my business, the biggest expense that I had was my office because Mm -hmm. in order to be taken seriously, Mm -hmm. I couldn't work from the house. That was not an option. We did not have the technology back in 1992 to (laughs) to be able to do what we do. Uh, I did some work internationally and I actually had a fax machine in my bedroom because I was getting faxes from, from Europe and Asia. At, which is a 12-hour time difference. Right. And so just the, the barrier to entry, the uh, the ability you have to become visible on a broader market basis through Instagram and email and everything right. else. And none mail of that chimp, was available. Right? None of that was available. There wasn't even email. Correct. No, there wasn't even email. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> snail mail. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, I, I mean, a fax machine, you were rocking if you had two fax machines in your office. <laughs> and so everything was, was very, very, very different. So now your ability to get from, from idea, from ideation to market into yeah. real critical market mm-hmm. uh, share is, is very, very, very fast. Uh, in the survey, one of the surveys that we read mm-hmm. in preparation for this podcast, I think it was Salesforce presented those yeah. numbers, that three out of the four newly created businesses I already had customers. So again, right. before it used, used to prepare yourself for months before you had positive, negative or positive cash flow mm-hmm. in, meaning you were actually making money just paying the bills. Mm-hmm. That timeline shortened versus when I started. Um, so when I started, I had to have an office. And because I was a woman, Hispanic, West Coast based, dealing with Wall Street, I had to rent an office in a place that gave me legitimacy yeah, that right. made it seem like I was established. I was not a flight mm-hmm. risk. So I they could re- take you seriously. So well, it's could, not so only limited to, to women. My agent 20 plus years ago, I remember he was in Minneapolis for a long time, finally wanted to move to the West Coast. And he spent months looking for a mm-hmm. building in the 90210 Beverly Hills wow. um, yeah. zip code because he wanted that legitimacy of being an agency representing TV talent and authors and whatnot within that zip code. So even a male dominated business like that one um, wanted to make sure that he had the right place it yeah. mattered. That mattered. Because yeah. those were the norms back then. Right. That's what we right. held as a threshold. And think of how far we've come. You, we all have looked at a business and say, oh my gosh, they're so cool. They're in 
uh, you know, Topeka, Kansas, right. isn't that great? Yeah. Who would of us thought that you right. would want to buy whatever the heck we're buying always online? Because the people live in a little small farm somewhere that right. there is no now airport. Now that adds access, something special to that it. That adds to the yeah. to the yeah. to the panache of, yeah. of that uh, of that particular product. So it there, I think that there has never been a better time to start a business. But as always, we have to be uh, planners. We have mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. a realistic view we have to create a business plan we have to understand why we're going to be different we have to be able to market and here's one thing that i have learned um that perhaps maybe we don't talk about as much that is for me uh what has gotten me through a lot of difficult times and believe me i have gone through a lot of difficult markets and then you layer into that a lot of personal change and Mm -hmm. in global change like a pandemic if you want to learn how to be resilient you have a business and you keep a business that's what teaches you how to be resilient but I think a lot of the reasons why I have been successful, and yes, it can be the quality of the work. Yes, it, I can talk about how smart my team is and the, the, the work that we deliver, but I think it's, for me, I have to constantly remind myself to have a little self-compassion, mm-hmm. to not be so hard on myself, because I yeah. am really hard on myself. I am almost unforgiving on myself when I make a mistake, and and I push myself really hard, which is great. We have to balance that. We have to. We have to be our yes. own best cheerleaders, but we have to f- become aware of when we're pushing too hard that it's now hurting us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that I say that to you, Sean, a lot because I know you work seven days a week. Yeah, I know, and I keep telling myself you have to, you have to have a life in order to have a yeah. livelihood. You can't have yeah, a livelihood without a life. But do you feel like you're missing out if you're not working? I mean, I know you have the store, right? So your your small home business launched into a store. Yes. So tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, gosh. So I guess back in 2010, I was doing this as a side hustle. Right. And just as a side note, I had entered an Architectural Digest contest. I remember that. For yeah something that I saw in their magazine, they were looking for creative use of fabric. And I just reupholstered a bunch of furniture, so I submitted some chairs, just as on a whim. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, I ended up winning the whole (laughs) contest. And this was back when social media just started, and it was a social media contest, and people had to vote. And I had people vote in from all over the world, and I ended up winning the whole thing. And one of the... Um, prizes was they were going to do a feature on me and my store, my website, in the magazine on, on, for their online magazine. And right. at that time, I didn't have a store. I didn't have a website. <laughs> I didn't really have a business. Wow. I remember all of this. Yeah. So I'm hearing this for the first time. So I'm, I'm, I'm smiling because I was right there with I you, Sean, that. when you were this, yeah. so doing this. Between the time they told me I won the contest and the four weeks that they were going to announce it, I did all the research, I found a business wow. name, I created a website, I filed for, uh, the paperwork for the business and had all of that ready for the launch when they um, wow. did the article on me. Where was your fear, Sean? I mean, I'd listen to these entrepreneurial stories and, and they really are inspiring and I think they're inspiring to our listeners, but where was the fear? My goodness, it seems like... The fear is always there, Juan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was fear, but... It was so exciting. I was so shocked that, A, I won won. this contest. You know, there were designers from all over the world that had submitted entries, and Mm -hmm. little old me won. Little old you. So (laughs) I I really didn't have much fear. I had nothing to lose at that point. Right. I think the fear 
always remains and it should remain because the fear should keep you humble. The fear should keep you cautious. So focused, that you, for sure. Keep yeah. you focused. But it should never, like everything else in life that, that we've talked about in this podcast, it shouldn't rob you from doing things that are for your own betterment, mm-hmm. things that you enjoy, things that you believe. This is so, so you, again, you have to have these tools, this ability to, to calm your brain down, calm your your irrational brain down, mm-hmm. and say, okay, mm-hmm. let, let, let's map this out. Where is this fear coming from, and and then push beyond that. Uh, I remember all of that, Sean, and and you missed out the little the, a little portion of that story when you were telling it. Not only did you have to hit, get the store, but you had to buy things to fill your entire oh, well, store, yeah, which right. was. A you massive, have to have a store. A ma- yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that not a not a yeah. four walls? Wow, it's a massive undertaking, but. Uh, that's the other thing that I think to be a successful mm-hmm. entrepreneur, what is underlying in the story that Sean um, just shared is he believed in what he was doing. He loved what he was doing and he took a chance because why not? You have nothing to right, lose. Right. Number and how one. important is having a niche? Yes. It seems like he had that, spe- you know, very specific interior design niche um, with the reupholstered chairs and Well, furniture. the point of view that he had. He had right. a, he the had, point of view. He right. had a specific mm-hmm. uh, design point of view mm-hmm. that, that, he, that he wanted to share. But it's this constant pushing yourself forward and right. not being overwhelmed by the task at hand. And it's always beneficial when you have friends who are lawyers who can, who can jump in and help you. And that's yeah, the going back to the, the mentors network. and advisors. The community. Right? Yeah, yeah, the community. I, I, I remember when I, um, there were a couple of times where I thought about expanding my business. Yes, we do have an office in New York. Um, there were several times where mm-hmm. I've had very big firms, some of the biggest in the world, um, approach me to acquire my firm. And it was very tempting from a monetization wow. perspective. And believe me, it was very, very tempting. But I, I sat back and I thought, well, why do I do the work that I do? What gives me satisfaction? From the work that I do, and yes, financially is it has been very, very good to me. But the financial reward is a reflection of the love and the passion and the the the, the intellectual reward that I generate mm-hmm. from the work that I do. So when I put that aside, so when I then said, okay, well, the money they're offering has a lesser value than what the number is because mm-hmm. that's not what drives me, mm-hmm. and I kept focusing on what drives me. I thought. I'm not selling this business because then it's not going to be my business. I'm not going to do what I love. I'm not going to do it the way that I love. Right. And I thought I was going to have regrets or I thought I was going to have a Mm -hmm. wake up in the middle of the night, (laughs) pump sweating. I could have had all this money and it actually fueled me. What a pat on the back. Somebody thought that business was so valuable. They were willing to offer you money to basically acquire your clients. right? Yes. And acquire and keep me on board for a period of time. So it, it motivated me to say, you know, I guess I do have something to say. Yeah, you have value. Yeah. And I think that it's 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 always important to to not be so um, set in the ways that you think about your business. Mm-hmm. Some people say, I'm going to build it. I'm going to have an exit strategy. I'm going to sell it here. Two things can happen. If you get there, wonderful, good for you. But mm-hmm. what if you don't get there? Are you going to fall mm-hmm. apart? Or if you're so focused on getting there, you might miss other signs on the road that tells you turn left or turn right. And you could have evolved into something completely different. Right. I think a lot of people found their value during the pandemic, whether you were a cupcake maker <laughs> or, or whatever, right? You'd start right. your own business. I'll tell you the during the pandemic, you know, being on TV, you have to have your hair cut and all the salons closed down. 
Well, I found a, a girl through a friend who started cutting hair in her mm-hmm. backyard. And suddenly people started showing up in her backyard and she was able to do that. And she thought about it. Her She had a spare room in the house and her husband was handy and he built her a Fantastic. little mini salon. Mm. Um, so now she has her own business that mm-hmm. came out of the pandemic and she was bouncing around different uh, barber shops and whatnot. She couldn't be happier. And she's closer to her child who has autism mm-hmm. so Aww. she can watch him mm-hmm. um, all the time. So here's something that just came out of nowhere and you know she saw the value in, in what she provided which was to make people feel and look good during mm-hmm. such a a terrible time. Mm-hmm. You know, this just came to mind, but one of the things that I do want to say um, that it, that I think I've I've had in my in my career numerous times, people come and ask me mm-hmm. to give them advice, and and my ultimate advice to them was don't open up a business. Mm-hmm. And Why was that? Because there have been people that want to come and uh, that sought my my advice, and the reason when when you distilled it down and the reason why they wanted to start a business mm-hmm. was ego yes. because they thought that was you know how when we were at our generation when we were in college the ultimate was to be a manager we didn't care of what right that oh right. you wanted to be a manager I regional hate, man- yes, manager yeah <laughs> we didn't know what the hell that meant but that wow. was you did it right so they have this 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 uh this image fixated that that if you're if you're an entrepreneur if you're a business owner a somehow you're, you don't work, right? right. Uh, or why do you, people say that to me, Cecil, but you own the business. Why do you work so hard? And I say, because I own the right. business. That's why <laughs> that's I right. work so hard. Um, and they have a lot of ego associated. They feel that that's who they're going, they, they will be somebody. They will be respected. They will be, and if that's your mindset going in, in my opinion, you're in for a world yeah. of hurt. I have a quick uh, example of that. Exactly that, a friend of mine, um, her sister um, got married and her husband helped her open her own nail shop. Mm-hmm. So manicures, pedicures, whatnot. She was more interested in being the business owner, mm-hmm. walking in with her Louis Vuitton purse and kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, um, observing what was going on and then jumping back in her car and leaving than actually manning her business. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? A few years ago, she lost the business mm-hmm. because the gals that were there were seeing the value of that business and sure. they started recruiting customers and they just opened up a few doors down eventually when she came back to her business there was no business to have wow but she was more concerned in that visual well people want like the title of boss yeah but they don't want you have to put in the hard yards for sure that that's true and also i think in the world that we live in now Uh of customer engagement customer Mm -hmm. service customers always right and the fact that everyone has a megaphone called Instagram, yeah, Twitter, Twitter and, and Yelp mm-hmm. and whatever else, they can let everyone know in millions of people in a matter of a click what they think of you. So if you're not constantly tending mm-hmm. to your business uh, and making sure that it's delivering the best that it can, whatever it is that you do, if you leave that to somebody else and all you're interested is in in the title and mm-hmm. the like you said everybody wants to be the boss mm-hmm. like whether you own your business or even you work for somebody else if if you're just interested in the title that's why people left their jobs because Correct. during the pandemic where there was some space between their work and their life where they could really focus on what is it that I do and who do I do it for and do I actually like these people and does the right. work matter to me do I matter to them and if everything was no 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 your customers are going to do the same thing to you. Right. 
if you would feed a dog or water a plant, why wouldn't you tend to your business? Because you know what's going to happen <laughs> if you don't feed an animal or water a plant. It's going to die. It's, right. it's very simple. There's an entrepreneur somewhere in your, you, Juanita. By the time well, this podcast is over, we're going to make sure you start a business well, of something. Do you remember back in the days I would bring a, a flan to your, the to flan your parties? Flan. And suddenly we were thinking, well, maybe I can make this and sell them. But oh, then she right. started giving me a price point. I'm thinking, I can't sell this for $25. Immediately, I didn't think there was enough value in it. But you were mm -hmm. right. If you were going to get a commercial kitchen, yes. uh, the ingredients and whatnot. Well, of course, I didn't do it. But um, yeah. And I we're mean, all sorry for it yeah. because we still I, yes, think I about that. I love your whole... flan. Yeah. Thank you so much. But you know what? I just didn't see enough value in it mm -hmm. or enough, you know, power in me to, to actually follow through with that. So for our listeners, listen to what I'm saying and listen to what Sean and Cecile are saying because yeah. you can do it. You can do it. And, and it's also smart, Juan, that you recognized in yourself. Mm -hmm. And yes, I remember we're sitting outside and I started breaking down per ingredient. Oh. <laughs> what Literally, Sean, per ingredient. And suddenly the, the flan was up to $35. This is what you have to do, Juan. You're going to do I it like this like, and oh you can my. buy it in bulk. And, and so yeah. you were already overwhelmed. That's not what you wanted to do. But you didn't let your ego or somebody pushing you mm, into right, doing something right, right, that right. you said, I don't want to do this. Right. Because I think sometimes people are pushed into that. People are pushed into, I think there are certain generations and there are certain cultures where culturally mm -hmm. they're expected to become doctors or lawyers or engineers or business owners. Mm -hmm. And I've met lots of people in those careers, including business owners who are miserable. I just met someone who is probably one of the most exciting artists i won't name his name because of what i'm going to say one of the most exciting artists uh -huh. i have uh it was during uh freeze mm, uh, oh yes the, yeah. a singer you're no, talking about a singer or no, no no this is oh, he, uh, he's a, 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 a painter, painter a painter mm -hmm. um so freeze is an event that's uh art in uh, art for the art show the art show okay, here in beverly, beverly hills, hills. And he had just had a, a very small one-man show. And so this is a gentleman who is of a certain ethnicity whose family owns restaurants. And so he's been in the restaurant business, but he is the most frustrated artist. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the things he does are extraordinary. Mm. Okay. And when he was telling me, he, walked into, he happened to walk into my hairdressers, and when he started showing me his pictures and people that people were reacting to his, he does paintings, but he does sculptures also. Mm -hmm. He was actually almost in tears. He, he couldn't was, believe it. He huh? couldn't believe it yeah. because his entire life he suppressed that because his parents expected him to be a business owner and the business his parents expected him to be in was the restaurant business, right. which he's very good at. But that's not his. There's a lot of frustrated calling. people out mm -hmm. there. Yeah. And and he followed that path because he felt he had to. But lucky for him, he's now has the courage to to follow what he really wants to do, and I think he's going to be incredibly successful. Are you thinking the pandemic had something to do with that as well? I think the pandemic definitely had something to do with it. Okay. And I think what the pandemic did, uh, as we've talked about, is it's allowed people the time to to choose to have a better life, to mm -hmm. follow their dreams, mm -hmm. to do what they want to do. And and Sean, I know that one of the, the research pieces that you provided us, there was a really interesting statement that they said that... Um, being an entrepreneur is your choice. Your choice. Mm -hmm. And you were talking about the how the American dream has, has changed from yeah. what it used to be. Yeah, it's no longer, in my um, opinion, to own a home, right. but it's to be your own boss and to own a business, especially with the younger generations. Mm -hmm. I think they really have gravitated towards that goal. Right. Well, 
Yeah, I think that there's yeah. some unrealistic. Uh, you know, the kids that want to be uh, YouTube millionaires, sensations. sensations. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. We, so putting that aside, I think you're right, and and it is in a way a very sad statement to to admit as Americans that it's a lot easier for someone to start a business mm. than there is for them to potentially own a home. But then, because I always look at the glasses as half full, I think, well, then start a business, start a, even if it's a side hustle, mm-hmm, so right. that you can have the financial wherewithal or better financial security to potentially be able to do, if it's on a home or do something else in, in your life, that you can do it. Uh, I think it's also a wonderful time for uh, minorities, people of color, women mm-hmm. of color, mm-hmm. Hispanics, mm-hmm. since yeah. we just had Black History Month and now we have Women's. Um, History Month, uh, so many more women are starting businesses, especially... Most Aren't most new businesses started up by women? Most yeah. new businesses yes. are women-owned yeah. businesses mm-hmm. in uh, African-American or Black Americans mm-hmm. and Hispanics mm-hmm. are also ever-increasing starting businesses. And I think that the new generation hopefully will have the courage to, to jump into businesses that before we didn't even think were possible to us mm-hmm. because we didn't see ourselves there. Like I said, I was... I was I think for a period of time, the only Hispanic-owned mm-hmm. executive search firm in financial services. Uh, I also started a business that uh, was that I had my family join in on also in 2006 as in anticipation to the crash of the market that we saw coming. Mm-hmm. And it was in engineering and engineering, specifically building mines, gold mines in the Americas, uh, uh, an industry that women weren't even allowed in the mines up until the 80s. Oh, wow. It was very hard. It was very challenging. When we would go to Mexico, they didn't know how to deal with the fact that I was one of the business owners and that I was a woman and mm-hmm. that I was, you know, it was, it was <laughs> just, it and was. how ne- did you get into this? Yeah, how did that come My about? brother, my brother's uh, an engineer. My brother was in mining. My oh. other sister was in mining. So, and as you know, well, as as is the case or used to be the case whenever the stock market would go down the commodities market would right. go up mm-hmm. and so in 2006 2007 we knew that there was going to be a crash that was coming all the indicators were there mm-hmm. my brother wanted to leave the company he was working with so i thought why not always helping my family always seeing a business opportunity for it um so we started this consultancy and it just i, I sold my my share of it in, in 2018 but even that was another learning process right. because of an industry that mm-hmm. I did not know. Mm-hmm. I'm not an engineer. I love numbers. But you know what I did? I took what I learned from my first business and applied it to my second business. And I'm very proud to say that we successfully sold it. And wow. that's the thing. It's compounding. Yeah. You can learn from one to start another. And we've talked about that here, about using your skill set mm-hmm. um, in other parts of your life. Yes. You know, everything that you learn should not be wasted. Mm -hmm. You can apply it in something else. Sean, if tomorrow Mm -hmm. you were to try something different, a different business, I know you would be successful because you would take what you learned and apply it there. Yes. Well, with being a business owner, every prior job I've had has allowed me Mm -hmm. to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. I apply everything that I've learned in previous jobs as an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. And... So when you're thinking about, if you're out there and thinking, I've always wanted to do X, or I always thought it would be fun to do Y, start putting a plan together and think about what it would take to to do that Mm -hmm. business. And then think about what have I done in my life, whether it was professionally, even personally, or maybe things that you read about because you were interested in reading about those things. Mm -hmm. And think about how it could help prepare you, shape you, and, and hopefully bring that 
that niche that you have or that extra kick that is going to make somebody go to your business mm-hmm. versus your competitors. It's all available to you and it's all within your reach. Sean, you were obviously very successful. Um, did you have a plan B if, if the uh, interior design wasn't going to work out? Um, well, um, like I said, when I started, I mm-hmm. still had my job at the production company. Right. But then once that ended, um, I was pretty much working full-time for myself, Mm -hmm. and then I started consulting with Cecile at U.S. Executive Search because she needed the help. I used to work at Merrill Lynch. I understood that world, and it was easy for me to to just jump in and help. So everything kind of works hand-in-hand, everything that he's brought to the table. And why, not only because I trust you, Sean, infinitely, um, I knew his mind. I Mm, knew his work ethic. I knew his critical thinking. I knew his problem-solving skills. I knew his professionalism. I knew that nothing would ever come out of his mouth to a client that mm. was inappropriate right. or unprofessional. It's amazing. And when it's you, great. yeah, and when you have that, when you have that confidence in someone, and you have that confidence in yourself, that's why I believe, as a business owner, I don't have a large staff, but as a business, and I choose not to have a large mm-hmm. staff, but as a business owner, if I arm myself with people that are resilient, intelligent compassionate, Mm -hmm. kind, Mm -hmm. driven, uh, Mm. self-aware, proactive, good critical thinkers, there is nothing that we can't survive. We have survived horrible markets. We have survived the crash we and we the pandemic the pandemic and we <sighs> mm-hmm. thrive we have continued thank you god knocking on wood to thrive because none of us give up they won't let me give up on them and i know that they won't give up on me yeah. i remember over the 20 years that i've known cecile plus i would call her during times when the markets would crash and <laughs> and i was always worried about it because obviously things were going to come to and you never felt defeated cecile that's one thing no. you always thought that things were going to be okay, and, mm-hmm. and you just kept going forward, which is but quite sec- a lesson for yeah. a lot of people. But the secret is, Juan, there were days that I felt defeated, but I yeah. couldn't let that feeling defeat me. Mm. Right. Listen to that to uh, our listeners here. <laughs> Something you can all yeah, learn from. It cannot yeah. let you defeat. It, it won't. And if you want to learn, if you want to see how much resilience we can have, one human being can have in their body, and that it's in all of us, and God willing, you won't be tested that way. Look at a parent fighting for their child who's sick to survive. Look at a cancer patient who says, this is not going to beat me. Their fight is much more significant because it's life or death. But when you're a business owner and you're feeding yourself or your family, it feels like life and death for Mm -hmm. you. So it's within us. We can make miracles happen. Yes, there's principles that you have to apply. Yes, you have to have a plan and, and be smart about the way you deploy your capital and all these other things but at the at the end of the day the base what's the root of all of this is do you believe in yourself Mm -hmm. do you have something to offer can you weather the storms because the storms will come and the best way to do it as always is to do it together and i would love to hear from our listeners too if you're somebody out there who started a business during the pandemic found some success Mm -hmm. Wouldn't we love to hear from them? We'd love to have them on the podcast. I would love to have how they went through the whole process because I think we could all learn from it because A, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's already gone through it, you can probably learn a lot from them. Absolutely. Because so many businesses had to adapt and pivot and Mm -hmm. and redefine. We'd love to to bring those stories to light and so that we can all learn and grow together. So endswithz.com is where you'll find us, right? Yes. Yes. Mm So if you just started a business Uh or you're thinking about starting a business or feeling a little worn down by having started a business, remember that it takes 
creating a plan, changing the plan, changing the plan again, <laughs> and above all, constantly thinking, how else can I improve? Where else can I find support? And never stop believing that if you find value in what you do and you stay committed to that, others will too. Here, here. Indeed. All right. Until next time. And that will bring us to the end of another episode of Ends With Z. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please share and tell your friends. You can find out more about us at endswithz.com. For Cecile Munoz and executive producer Sean Moe, I'm Juan Fernandez. Have a good one because above all else, you matter. Oh,